Okay, so. I know something you don't know. I've heard it all, so I'll tell you so. Come to me to get the word on who did what and all that dirt. Cause I know something you don't know. Hear it first before the others know. For the news has it plastered about our small town disaster. Okay, so you're here with Sam and Trey. Hi, Trey. Hey. Welcome back. Yes. You feeling better? Yeah, yeah, I'm well now. Good. I'm good. Thank you. I know, and then you gave it to me, and I was feeling puny over the weekend. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. It was <laughs> not a good time to be sick. But we're both better now. We are. We're both yeah. better now. And we're here. We are. What do you got for me? I have some tea. I want the tea. <laughs> So, in your opinion, in your experience, mm-hmm. at what point do you trust your gut versus trust what others are telling you? Uh, evidentiary support. Whenever the evidence points that what I'm feeling is right. Yeah. You know? Or if it's just one of those feelings you can't uh, get away from, you know. Sometimes you just have that gut feeling. You're like, man, this is just, this doesn't feel right. Right. You got to stop this. Right. So I'm big on following that gut feeling. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) our story today comes from a friend four times removed. So a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. All right. Literal stranger. Got it. <laughs> and the heroine of our story is named Taylor. Okay. Taylor's parents, Ron and Shannon, were already somewhat wealthy in the late 80s, early 90s when Taylor was born. They bought a large home in an affluent neighborhood in a suburb outside of a large city in the southern U.S. Okay. They were not ultra wealthy, but they were very, very comfortable. Mm, Nice. So uh, Shannon sold real estate in that same suburb, and Ron had started a business fresh out of college specializing in marketing and basically graphic design. They ended up Uh, having four children, with Taylor being their only daughter. Okay. Growing up, Taylor was a sweet and friendly, albeit quiet and somewhat shy girl. Even in elementary school, her clothing was all name brand and outfits were perfectly coordinated. Mm. Her long caramel colored hair was perfectly neat and styled every day. She's probably never had a split end a day in her life. Some people might hear this and think that she was spoiled and prissy, and okay, maybe she was a little bit spoiled, but she was well-liked among her peers. She wasn't bossy or unkind or dishonest. She was always a top student in class, and while she was what some would consider popular, she had a small group of super close friends. Okay. And she was athletic, thanks to being raised with boys. Yeah. She played softball, basketball, soccer, and ran track in high school. Mm -hmm. Her experience growing up with three brothers was a mixed bag. They ganged up on her and picked on her mercilessly, but if anyone else messed with her or upset her or even thought about bullying her, her brothers were first on the scene to take care of that. 
Okay. After graduation from high school, she packed up and went off to university in the same state, but still a few hours away from mom and dad. And she really enjoyed her college experience. Just as she was in her childhood, Taylor was well-liked on her campus, fairly popular, and a genuinely kind person who was still a bit on the reserve side. I wouldn't say that Taylor is still shy, but she is quiet. Okay. She has a quiet or calm confidence about her. She was never a huge partier. Sure, she liked to hang out with her friends, but you are much more likely to find Taylor asleep in her apartment at 11 p.m. on a Friday night than you were to find her out partying. Yeah, you're talking about your your reserved yet confident. Right. Yeah, the quiet confidence those people. Yeah. You know, always make... They're always, uh, you usually always have one in your friend group, or you may be the one in the friend group. Right. Yeah. Good, good co-workers. Early in the third year of college, Taylor met Josh. Josh. Josh was also pretty popular on campus, but he was a total frat boy. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know for sure that he was in a fraternity, but he had total frat boy energy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Taylor and Josh had been paired up on some project for a class or something, and despite him being loud and obnoxious and her being much more on the calm and quiet side, they managed to really hit it off and they started dating. I'm not sure how they made it work, but they did. Opposites attract, I guess. Yeah. She helped to tone him down and refine him just a bit, and he helped her to let loose and have a little more fun. All right. They dated through the rest of college, and as the relationship got more serious, they eventually introduced each other to their respective families, and everyone seemed to get along. Well, to be perfectly honest, Taylor's brothers were not super fond of Josh. I don't know what in particular they saw or heard that made each of them decide that Josh was an absolute taint, but... I do know that none of them liked him. <laughs> well, they, I guess they had a feeling. <laughs> and the few times that one of the brothers said something like, this guy isn't good enough for you, Taylor would just roll her eyes and brush it off because she thought it was just a big brother thing. Oh, so they're going to, she in her mind, it's, oh, my brother's always going to say that and no guy is good enough for me. Correct. Gotcha. There wasn't much drama, really, or at least there wasn't on the surface. Taylor was pretty self-confident, so she didn't struggle with jealousy. So when Josh wanted to go out on weekends with his friends and Taylor wanted to stay in and go to bed at a reasonable hour, she didn't mind. Both had been brought up in a religious environment that discouraged sex before marriage, so they didn't live together or anything. Yeah. I don't know if they didn't have sex, but I don't. I do know that they Never lived together. Yeah. There's a line. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Along came graduation, and afterward, Taylor moved back home to her parents for a while and took a job at her dad's company. Mm. Even though Taylor's family was very, very comfortable, they had a no one skates for free policy. No, that's good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Taylor was still expected to work and to save her money. Mm Mm-hmm. Josh also moved back to his parents' home for a while uh, after graduation, but that was a couple of hours away from where Taylor was. So Ron, Taylor's dad, 
offered Josh a job at his business too, and helped Josh obtain a really nice apartment in the town that they lived in so that A, Josh and Taylor could be closer together, and B, Josh didn't have a two-hour commute to work. I mean, that's very generous, yeah. Now, Ron didn't totally pay for the apartment, but he did provide the reference, security deposit, and the first month's rent. So, Taylor lived at her parents, and Josh lived in the apartment. Okay, okay. Josh and Taylor made about the same amount of money, but while Taylor saved up, Josh was somehow living paycheck to paycheck. Yes, he was paying rent where she was not, and that's what Taylor chalked it up to. In hindsight, he should have had more left over, and he was also racking up credit card debt, but Taylor didn't find that out until later. Mm, Okay. While Taylor was not the controlling or jealous kind to Josh, Josh was a little mm, unhealthy. He wasn't loud and brash and screaming, but he was manipulative. Oh, lovely. Over time, he would make comments about Taylor's appearance. Living with her more conservative parents, Taylor was not one to wear provocative clothing. She dressed cute, but fairly modestly, and Josh would still make comments now and again about what she was wearing or if he thought that she was wearing too much makeup. Ugh. This guy kind of sounds like one of those dude bros who calls himself an alpha. So she would tone the makeup down a little bit and do an extra button on her shirt. And then Josh would switch gears and start making comments about how she was dressing too old for her age and letting herself go. Ugh. (laughs) Ugh. So then Taylor would undo an extra button in her blouse and put on a little more makeup, maybe wear the higher heels, and then Josh would switch gears again. Oh, we had a wonderful boomerang of toxicity. Now, remember, all of this happened slowly over time. It wasn't all all at once. Yeah. After a year or so, Josh ended up finding a new job and quit working for Taylor's dad. I didn't get the impression that there was bad blood or anything. Josh just found a position in a company that was more suited to his degree and what he liked. Everything was fine on that front. And within a few months of that, Josh popped the question. Mm. But the way he did it, he, well, let me just tell you. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear. He made a big production out of the proposal at one of his company functions. Oh, no. Now remember, Taylor is more on the reserve side. She's not much of one for attention. And this was at some function Josh's company was hosting, so Taylor really didn't know too many people there. Nonetheless, Josh made this big to-do to propose to her, and she said yes, but it was a quiet yes. She wasn't jumping up and down or screaming and making a spectacle of herself. Still, quite a few people she didn't know were filming the moment with their phones. It was just really awkward. That's, ugh, that's terrible. She said yes. She meant yes, but it wasn't an over-the-top answer. No, he did the wrong thing. So then he swoops her up in this grand cinematic gesture, and Taylor looks like she would rather be anywhere else than having a room full of 150 strangers staring at her. Yeah. A bunch of people Taylor didn't know then swarmed her with lots of congratulations and hugs. <laughs> no, I have no, to s- no, no. Yeah, I have to say that listening to the story made my skin crawl. I can't imagine. Mm-mm. 
That this is the kind of guy that would like duck behind your back and tell him that it's your birthday at the restaurant. Oh God, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they were officially engaged and they started planning the wedding. Well, Taylor started planning the wedding. She had help from her mom and some friends and a sister-in-law and Josh's mom and sister. Josh's mom and sister are both just as boisterous as Josh is, and they try to, like, take over the planning. And Taylor's mom, very much the Julia Sugarbaker type from yeah. Designing Women, yeah. let them know, oh so politely yet firmly, that Taylor had the final say in everything. And if they, Josh's family, didn't like what Taylor wanted... Or if they didn't want to pay for what Taylor wanted, Ron and Shannon would be more than happy to. Oh, yeah. Which they were much better off anyway. Right. <laughs> Eventually, Josh's mother and sister simmered down and plans were being amicably made with Taylor having the final say. Good. Another thing that Taylor and Josh decided was that they wanted to buy a house to live in after they were married. Mm. Taylor felt like she graduated college, was working, and was about to get married and she had been saving up a nice little nest egg, so it just felt like to her the next natural thing to do would be to buy their first home. Yeah. By now, Taylor had been working for her dad for a couple of years, making pretty decent money. But remember, Josh had changed jobs and career paths about a year after. And for a traditional mortgage, for your income to count, you need a solid two-year history with no gaps in the same or similar industry. Yeah, yeah. He's stuck at that point. It doesn't have to be with the same employer, but it does need to be in the same line of work. Josh did not have that, so Taylor ended up being on the loan by herself. When they closed, Josh was added to the title, but the loan was strictly in Taylor's name. Mm -hmm. They bought the house, and Josh moved in. But still trying to make everything appear above board, Taylor was not planning on moving in until after they were married. Okay. Obviously, she had a key to the house and spent time there, but she did not sleep there. And Josh did not sleep in the primary bedroom. They decided together that no one would sleep in the primary bedroom until they were married. So he had a small bedroom suite and a second bedroom, and that would become the guest room after they were married. Oh, okay. So not only did Taylor herself put the down payment on the house, she also furnished it and decorated it. That was all her money. Josh somehow was still broke. <laughs> they figured out what their monthly expenses would be and created a joint account and each put half of the total expenses in that account. Josh's half was less than he was paying in rent when he lived in the apartment, but somehow he was still broke all the time. Mm hmm. And Josh was still spending a lot of time outside the home. He hung out with coworkers a lot. Sometimes, sometimes Taylor would join them. Taylor had made friends with some of the coworker circle, and she enjoyed spending time with them. During the nights that Taylor joined the group, she saw that Josh seemed pretty chummy with a woman co-worker named Brooke. Mm. Taylor had never felt jealousy before, so she assumed that's just what she was feeling. The stress of buying a house plus planning a wedding, she thought maybe her nerves were just raw from all the stress, so she tried to ignore what her gut was telling her. Yeah. But lo and behold, every time they all hung out together... 
Taylor saw Josh and Brooke being very close. Oh. Finally, one night, Taylor asked one of her mutual friends, look at Josh and Brooke. Are they flirting? Should I be worried? And the friend was like, no, no, Brooke is married. They're, they might be flirting, but it's innocent. <laughs> sure. Brooke is married. Josh is engaged to you. It's probably nothing. Mm-hmm. But Taylor couldn't shake the feeling that something was up. She asked Josh about it once or twice, and he blew her off, saying things like, you're crazy, it's not like that, nothing's going on, and Taylor believed him. She thought she was just being a crazy, jealous fiancé, and she didn't want to be that person. She was chastising herself, and her self-talk and self-esteem plummeted. She kept seeing what she saw as flirtation. He kept denying it and telling Taylor she was imagining things. At some point, Taylor asked Brooke, like, hey, don't take this the wrong way. I know that you're married, but is there something going on between you and Josh? And Brooke just denied it. Of course not. I'm happily married. We're just friends. I would never. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, around this time, Josh decided, hey, I know you own this house with me and the loan is in your name, but maybe don't come over this weekend. This happened a few times. Uh, no. (laughs) He would say things like, oh, I'm working this weekend. Or, oh, I'm not feeling good. And I wouldn't want to get you sick. So please don't come to the house. One of these weekends, Ron and Shannon were on their way home from somewhere. And they happened to drive by the house. And they saw a ton of cars out front. It looked like Josh was having some sort of party. But Taylor wasn't invited. Mm -mm. No. No. She called Josh the next day and asked him about it. She said, my parents drove by the house the other day and they said it looked like you were having a party. What's going on? And Josh was like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't have a party. Oh, God. A few weeks later, like a week or two before they were supposed to be married, Josh did the whole, hey, don't come over this weekend thing and gave her some sort of an excuse. And Taylor said, okay. But that night, she drove to the house with a friend, so no one would recognize the car she was in. Yeah. And Taylor brought a pair of her dad's binoculars to see if she could peek in. And she said that she felt like she was acting like a maniac, and that's not who she is. But she had to see for herself. And lo and behold, there is a whole ass party going on. And she saw the cars, and she recognized one as being Brooke's car. Of course. So what do you think she does? Uh, she goes inside? No. Oh, no. No, she does not go and confront. She goes home. Oh, Taylor. By this point, she had already asked Josh, Brooke, and a couple of mutuals if there was anything going on. And everyone denied it. She convinces herself that maybe it was just some sort of bachelor party type celebration or something. She tries to rationalize it all and convinces herself that she's just overcome with jealousy. Ugh, no. So then she goes home and she talks to her mom and her mom suggested that maybe they postpone the wedding. Yeah. Shannon said there were obviously things that they needed to work out and deal with, and this was no way to start off a marriage. Mm -hmm. So the next day, Taylor calls Josh and says, I want to postpone the wedding. And Josh is all, what? 
what are you talking about? Well, if you say so, if postponing it would make you feel better about the actual wedding, then I'm for it. I want you to feel totally secure. I love you and would never force you to do anything you are hesitant about. Let's work on this. Ugh, this guy. What's that German word? The person who needs to be punched in the throat? Buckfeifengesicht. That's it. What, what's the actual definition? Uh, someone, uh, a face who, that needs punching. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah that's this guy. Right. Buckfeifengesicht. <laughs> <laughs> It was a little more dramatic and all that, but that's how the conversation ended. They didn't really talk for the rest of the week. Taylor needed a little space, what have you. And the following weekend, on what would have been her wedding day, she decided to drive to the house and make Josh some breakfast and just talk. So she gets to the house, lets herself in with her key, and walks in and sees Josh butt-ass naked in the living room. Huh. Immediately, he starts yelling at Taylor, oh, my God, what are you doing here? Why are you here? How did you get in? And in the midst of all this, out of the corner of her eye, Taylor sees a door close to the room that Josh has been staying in. Okay. Whoosh. Like, immediate rage cascades on Taylor. You mean, finally. Taylor charges toward the door. Josh is trying to stop her, kind of chasing after her, but still butt naked. And meek and mild Taylor is nowhere to be seen. (laughs) This Taylor is determined. She ducks and dodges his grasp and flings open the door. And there is Brooke, also naked, but trying to find some clothes to put on. Yeah. And the gloves come off. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Taylor does not attack her, but she does start ranting and raving. Everyone is screaming at each other. Brooke is petrified. Josh is panicked. And Taylor is royally pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Brooke managed to get some clothes on, grab her things, and run out of the house. Taylor and Josh were still screaming at each other on and on. Taylor finds some sort of handwritten notes about Brooke and Josh running away together and living happily ever after. Ugh. Taylor called Brooke's husband to get him involved. She told him everything and even sent him pictures of the written plans in Brooke's handwriting. Oh, and Brooke was also practicing her signature with Josh's last name. Ugh. Oh, how junior high. Right. So then, so Taylor sent all of that to Brooke's husband and Brooke's husband was like, listen, Taylor, Brooke told me you'd be calling. She told me how you've been trying to accuse Josh of cheating on you with several people. And we knew it'd be just a matter of time before you tried to accuse Brooke. Please leave us out of your relationship problems. Oh, lovely. So Taylor breaks it off with Josh and tells him to move out. But his name is on the title. So that's easier said than done. Oh, she's... Oh, wow. During all of this is when COVID hits. Lockdowns happen. Yeah. Within a couple of weeks of that dramatic scene with Brooke and Taylor and Josh, Josh moves in another woman to quarantine with him. Not Brooke. Not Brooke. Oh. And that woman has a dog that is not house trained. Oh, man. So for almost a year, Taylor has to fight Josh to get him and the other woman to move out while paying the mortgage because she is the one on the loan. Yeah, she has to. And not paying it would affect her credit. So she has to go through some legal channels to get Josh and the new girlfriend out of her house. That took forever. 
Then once they were out, Taylor had to pay for all the damage done to the house by the stupid dog. And then she had to sell it. She came out of it free and clear. She didn't get her down payment back or anything, but she didn't owe anything. Well, that's she good. Was done. Yeah. Josh went on to propose to girlfriend number two. <laughs> okay. And then, and then ended up doing to her almost the exact same thing he did to Taylor. <laughs> Taylor is in therapy and working on herself. She's in a relationship with someone who is very patient and understanding. And Josh, in the last year or so, has cycled through two more proposals and fiancés, cheating on all of them. Well, at least he's consistent. Yeah. So that's the tea. That is some, that's some tea. Wow. <laughs> Oh, could you, know, you imagine? Could I imagine going through that? Yes. I don't know. I I don't think I would. I don't think I would be able to ignore the warning signs. You yeah. know what I mean? But ugh. Well, that was her first major relationship. Yeah. Right. Her first serious one. You know, like I said, she'd never experienced jealousy before. So. That's what she thought jealousy, that that feeling in the pit of her stomach that something was wrong. She misconstrued that as this must be what jealousy feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what he was telling her. Oh, you're just jealous. Yeah. Just oh, jealous. gaslighting dude, bro. Yeah. The terrible man. Ugh. She does need a better quality of friend because they had to have seen something. Oh, for sure. For you know. sure. So that's one of the things that she was working through in therapy. Was relearning how to trust people and not just romantic relationships, but she felt like she had friends in this coworker group of Josh's um, and she had asked them and the one who said, no, Brooke's married there. It's not like that. I don't know if they knew and lied or were just blind. I, like, I, I don't know, but Taylor has had some trust issues. She's now working through them in, in therapy. And that's good. Yeah. I, I don't see you know, there being any way that Josh would have been so cool, calm and collected to, to keep it under wraps with mm -hmm. his coworkers. I mean, Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, but who knows? I don't know. So do you think he was, like, bragging? Oh, definitely he was bragging to somebody. Yeah. Like, who was at this parties that he was throwing? Yeah, I, that I don't. That's information I do not have. Yeah, because you, I guarantee you, the type of person that, that he has described, you know, that you described and then his actions and everything else, that guy was all over Brooke during those parties. They were all over each other during those parties with these whoever was there. Right. That 100% was happening. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> I'm glad Taylor got out. Yeah, she's out. I wish there was a way sometimes mm -hmm. to put warning labels on people, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, you know there are people who would do that manipulatively. Yeah. Like, I feel, so my personal opinion is if all of your exes are quote unquote crazy or whatever. Yeah. That's a red flag. Yeah. If you get the description of, oh, yeah, all my exes are crazy. Really? All of them? Hmm. There's a com common denominator here and not sure it's them. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I think we all have exes that, we all have exes on some level that may not be great people. Mm -hmm. But if you drag all of your exes, red flag. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. If you drag most of your exes, honestly, at the end of the day, after you have moved on and you're in another relationship, if you drag an ex at all, red flag. Yeah, because you haven't moved on. Correct. Yeah. I don't know who you're trying to convince, but yeah, <laughs> that's the way I see it anyway. I, I know people who will continue to drag an ex well after like everything is all said and done and still talk shit about them. And like, yeah, yeah, they're trying to convince me someone is terrible for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's a competition. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, that's our story for today. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now, last week we did Reddit. I think we we might do that again next week. Okay. Yeah. It oh, seemed, that sounds good. It seemed to have gone over pretty well. So. Yeah, I'll find some uh, I'll find some stories, some uh, confession advice type things, and bring them Something. through. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday. Bye. Bye. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening to OK So Pod. I'm your host, Samantha Collins. Don't forget, there are new episodes every Friday and Tuesday, right here or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at okso.pod. That's O-K-A-Y-S-O dot P-O-D. Our website is okaysopod.com and our email info at okaysopod.com. Our show's original theme song, Small Town Disaster, was written, performed, and produced by Matthew Palmer. Now, we love Matthew, and I think you might like him too. You can find Matthew on Facebook at Guitarfeller, that's G-U-I-T-A-R-F-E-L-L-E-R. You can find him on Instagram at Guitarfeller97, and you can find him on TikTok at Guitarfeller Music can't wait to see you next time because I still have so much to tell you. Cause I know something you don't know. Hear it first, I'll tell you so. Come to me to get the word on who did what and all that dirt. Cause I know something you don't know. Hear it first before the others know. Hold the news has a plaster about our small town disaster. Well, the rumors running around the towns that show got married, but it's like around the new car that the mayor got was paid for by selling pot. That's just the way that that things go. Rumors spread around the world. Now you just have to ask, what do I know about you? Cause I know something you don't know. Heard it all, so I'll tell you so. Come to me to get the word on who did what and all that dirt. Cause I know something you don't know. Hear it first before the others know. Before the news has it plastered. 
about our small town disaster. Driveway, and while I was walking, overheard somebody talking about how the new teacher moved and changed her name. Cause I know something you don't know, I've heard it all, so I'll tell you so. Who didn't get the word on who did what and all that dirt? Cause I know something you don't know, hear it first before the others know. About a small town disaster. Cause I know something you don't know. I've heard it all, so I'll tell you so. Come to me to get the word on who did what and all that dirt. Cause I know something you don't know. Hear it first before the others know. For the news has it plastered about our small town disaster